0: Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. Green. Gang green <laughs> have their man. Jets got themselves a great
1: Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the
0: power. Base, 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 There's
2: no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this
1: run, Own this run.
0: The
2: New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going
3: to win next Sunday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Halloween episode of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, Broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name's Keith Farrell. I am joined by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas. You know him, you love him. My colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's up, everybody? Also in the building, the number one tight end in collegiate football history, the big Wookie Nicholas Kronk. Kronk, what's going on, bro? What is going on, everybody? Good to be here. Let's also wish Kronk a happy birthday. Which just passed oh, by a few days ago, Wookiee. Let's throw a little thank happy birthday. Another <laughs> little happy birthday cheer for the Wookiee, man. You're looking good, Wook. I'm, I'm happy to wish you some, some cheers for your B-Day. And, of course, we have the number one high school football coach in the nation today. My cousin, Sammy O'Hare, in the building. Sammy, what's up, man?
2: Five and two?
3: Five, five, and, two? five and two is what's up, isn't it? Come on. Five and two is what's up. And you know what, guys? Last week's game was ugly, right? It was a little bit boring at times in the game. We had six punts in the second half to start off the second half. We had four to start the game off in a row. Defensive battle, which is kind of what we thought it would be when we spoke about this last week. I would have hoped the offense got a little bit more done, but they walk away with the W, and I want to hear what everybody thinks about it. We didn't get a chance to chop it up after the game. Uh, I know Zach Wilson wasn't able to produce too much. Brees Hall with the big touchdown run there. Then just field goals after that, Not too much from the Broncos on offense either, man. That really was a defensive battle. Main headlines coming out of the game. Obviously, the Jets win, number one. Number two is the Brees Hall injury, which is just, I mean, me, Mike, all of us, all messages are going back and forth with all Jet fans because it's just like, you know, you don't want to play into this thing, this, this, you know, uh, bad luck, you know, a curse hanging around the team or anything silly like that. You don't want to play into that stuff, guys. But every once in a while something happens and you're like man we really can't catch a break because not only did Brees hall get hurt avt got hurt Corey davis goes down in the game guys we're already out of elijah moore and we're gonna get to that in a moment but i really think maybe of all the wins this year i think maybe the one i'm the most impressed with guys could be this one just because of the defense we played offense of the broncos is not great don't get me wrong i'm not saying it was without russell wilson or with russell wilson that offense is struggling but I want to see what you guys think, considering the setbacks during the game. Couldn't really get anything going in the passing game. To still be able to go in there and get the W does say something about this team, where other years, Mike, it seems like this is a game like you thought, Mike, a trap game. Makes so much sense. It looked like it was going to be that type of game, Mike, for a long time there. But they were able to pull the victory out. And then 4-0, and Mike, for Zach Wilson to start the year.
1: Yeah, first off, Zach Wilson, um, there's a lot of negativity being put out there about the quarterback, and I just want to say if anybody just looks at all the quarterbacks that have played up against the Denver Broncos this season, only one has had, I think, an above uh, 80 or 90 uh, quarterback rating, and that was Geno Smith, okay, and Geno Smith, if anyone doesn't know, is like one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year, kind of crazy to say, but <laughs> Our boy Gino
3: ripping it up. Mike, J- Herbert uh, just played them and had no touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that defense is ridiculous. Garoppolo got torn up. All the quarterbacks have had bad games, so you're right. And, and before this
1: game, I, I you, know, you heard us mention Zach was going to probably struggle in this game because the defense is beast mode. It is really good. Their secondary is one of the best in the NFL, OK? And given that, Zach didn't have any turnovers. Zach managed the game for the team to win despite losing our best offensive weapon despite being under pressure I mean did you see how many plays he was able to avoid the sack does anybody really understand that type of value when it comes to game script I thought Zach wasn't you know a world beater. But I definitely saw progress from this game against the Broncos than last year's game against the Broncos. No question that I saw progress from him. Now going to the rest of the game. Look, defensively, we're ridiculous. Sauce Gardner, um, as impressive as Brees Hall has been, Sauce has been just as or even more impressive. He had eight solo ta- eight solo tackles on the day, led the team. D.J. Reed also did a phenomenal job. That secondary is incredible. C.J. Mosley, I thought, had a really good game. Quincy Williams is probably the best defensive tackle in the National Football League right now for the year 2022. Um, I thought Jordan Whitehead did really well along with Quincy Williams. I mean, the defense is doing its thing. Now, I know the offense wasn't great, but going on the road, given all the circumstances, I kind of tend to agree with you, Keith that the Jets that we used to know would lose games like this and get blown out. And this team found a way to win and get it done. And hats off to them, the Jets are five and two. And uh, I thought it was an impressive win for Salah and, and the team.
3: Yeah, for me, a win that really was on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's really why we won this game, like Mike just said and alluded to. Sammy, let me ask you, Brees Hall goes down after that, it wasn't like Zach was really able to get much going. He did have some, some decent drives in the second half, Sammy, to get a couple field goals there, Zach. Made a few okay passes. Not the biggest day for him. No touchdowns three games in a row for Zach here. So, and but we're winning the games, right? you are 4-0. Uh, there's a point here, though, Sammy, where we're going to need to see that production increase from Zach. I don't know if it's going to be versus the Pats. I don't know if it's going to be versus the Bills. But as the season goes on, Sammy, especially now with Brees Hall down, what are you looking for from Zach Wilson? Do you think he's gonna to need to crank it up a little for us to continue winning like we have been doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we're built for this, like we've talked about before, how we've drafted depth. So we're we're built for an injury or two, because when you see Carter out there take over for Brees, you don't really lose that much of a step, you know? Like, yeah, Brees has that tremendous explosive ability that Carter doesn't really have in the second yeah. level speed. Of course you miss a talent like that, but what I mean is he's still a guy who's going to get you five, four yards a carry, right? So you don't really miss it there. Zach has to, like James Robinson, I think is going to fit in well, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him. But it's going to take him some time to get there and to reestablish the one-two punch of that power back in the elusive one. So for Zach, these next two weeks are going to be super important for not only him but the team as a whole because he's going to need to do a lot of things to improve and it starts with getting that ball out of his hand. I think he's under that, I don't, the Broncos game, he was under duress the whole time. I think Mike made an awesome point. Um, And just to further your point, Mike, he didn't turn it over once. That whole time, under all that duress, running around, he made some kind of throws that you were like, yeah. But again, we talked about that activity part. You don't want to see him lose. But he didn't turn it over, and that's the important aspect of that. But he's got to get the ball out, and he has to take a huge step forward these next two weeks offensively if they're going to have any chance of winning.
3: Yeah, I don't see how we're going to be. I mean, you know what? We're going to get to this Patriot game towards the end of the show, guys. And, you know, there's a path to victory here, I think, and it's just kind of continuing what we've been doing. Because if you look what the Bears did to the Patriots last week, they just ran the ball down their throats. They ran the ball 45 times, guys. I mean, I know it was bad weather. I know they have Justin Fields, too, running it. But I think Montgomery had 60, and I think Herbert had 60. So, um, But either way, Zach's going to have to, I mean, I'm not. We're 4-0. So it's really not too much to complain about. It reminds me a lot of the, the, the Sanchez years when me, Mike, and our friends would argue. And we'd, I'd be like, ah, Sanchez isn't really doing it. We're kind of winning in spite of him sometimes. But we were winning. So you don't really get too caught up in it, right? Because we're winning games here. Um, When it comes to the Jets and when it comes to Sauce Gardner, though, guys, like Mike mentioned, 12 pass deflections now for Sauce, which is first in the NFL. First in the NFL, everybody. And he has 33 tackles. I think Mike said he had eight tackles in the game uh, the other day, guys. He's on pace for about 80 tackles this season, which is just when you think about how he's covering people and you think about the fact that he's out there tackling people like that, you normally don't see those two things together together in a corner at that level. I looked up today some of Deion Sanders' stats, guys, and when you look at his tackles per season, you're looking at like 45, 40, 35. One year was 26 for Deion. Now, Deion's the best cover corner of all time. I'm not saying Sauce is in that level or should be spoken of in that level at all. I'm just saying you don't have to see a guy shut people down like he's been doing. And also in the open field, he doesn't mind. He's throwing himself in there, which maybe sometimes you want to reel back. But Mike, you don't see that combination a lot. Um, in a corner, and a DJ Reed also, also out there playing Amazing Mike. Um, obviously, seems like we have something here with
1: Sauce. 100%. I mean, uh, again, that's the highlight really so far of the season besides Brees Hall, uh, besides what we're seeing from Quinn and Williams. What we're seeing out of Sauce Gardner is special. It and is. And like before, not even, Darrell Revis didn't even do this in his rookie season. And it's not even just the play on the field, it's his attitude. You know, I know we're gonna get into this thing with Elijah Moore, um, but in a locker room controversial situation with a young team where people could go mouthing off, you know, you see Sauce, you know, come out and be, be a positive light for, for not just his teammates, but for everybody in a t- in that type of situation and just kind of lead by example. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm blown away by how he, his youth and then his wisdom on how to put himself in certain situations. So um, I love it. I hope to see more uh, this week. He'll be up against the Patriots, but the game I'm really waiting for is to see him on Stefan Diggs. Uh, that's gonna be another big test for him in his young career.
3: Yeah, I mean, sauce has just been absolutely tremendous so far. Let's give some love out to Greg the Leg as well. Oh, I mean, Greg the Leg put three in last week. That's the reason we won the game. Uh, some big field goals by him. A mile high, that type of air, seemed like he'd be good up there. He'd be booming him, which he did. Great play by him, guys. Some more stats to get to uh, before we, we wrap it up here with the uh, the Broncos game, guys. 72 yards for Reese Hall. He only had the four carries. He had the big run. We know he got knocked out. But the offensive stats, man. 13 carries, 29 yards for Michael Carter. Going up against a tough Denver defense. Like we said, number two ranked defense in the NFL. And this is as good as it gets. Them and the Bills are as good as it gets on defense. Yes, that's the best they're going to be. And that's yeah. why we were saying, <laughs> we said they're going to struggle on offense,
1: guys. Denver's defense yeah. is real. That's the best.
3: Yeah, I man, certain the defensive line they have, I mean, their linebackers are legit. I'm looking at some of the stats from last week and really no one did much. Four catches, 24 yards for Garrett Wilson, a catch for Denzel Mims. You also had a holding penalty on a big-time play, uh, Mims, but he is a good blocker out there. Another reason they had him out there. Lawson got a sack. Huff had a sack, two guys. Two QB hits for Quentin Williams. Um, game stats of the day. I want to get to one more thing, Mike, and I want to ask Sammy about this, too. 11 penalties for 85 yards on the Jets. A lot of killer penalties. Seemed like we were trying our best to lose that game. I had to drop the wife off at Newark Airport. I'm talking it's the fourth quarter. Right, guys? The game's tight. I'm pulling into the airport. I'm getting. I'm losing my mind with some of these penalties. It seemed like we were trying to lose the game. Sammy, 11 for 85 on the season. 48 penalties for 361 yards on the Jets. Only four teams have more penalties than the Jets. What? I mean, it seemed like this was the same thing last year, Sammy. So I've asked you this before. It's the chicken or the egg, right? But is this the players? Is this the coaching? Why is it? That every single week it's the same thing over and over again even when we win it's like we're trying to lose sometimes out there in the field
2: yeah i mean i i it's a disciplined thing on both ends it's things that are easy to avoid that we don't seem to be avoiding and they're killers right because when you get into these first second third and really long there's nothing really in your playbook that you have that you can go to and rely on to get you those kind of yards especially if it's you know two consecutive penalties in a row, which I know happened a couple of times, where you're sort of now it's first and 25, and it's like all right, well everything that I was playing to do this drive, I can't really establish that because I have to get a huge chunk of yards on this first play uh-huh. in order to give myself something manageable on second down. Yeah. Uh, I think for sure a lot of that stuff is discipline from the head coaches on down, because as the coach, that's your responsibility. Um, especially a team that is so penalized that needs to be addressed in practice, whether it's punitively, I don't know. But obviously there needs to be some kind of adjustment because this is now the second year in a row with new personnel having the same issues. So I can't really I'm hard pressed to say it's the players yeah. when we have all these new guys and it's the same problems. Yeah, I know what you mean
3: it's just uh it's just frustrating man it seems like sometimes we're, we're on a groove there and we get the penalties we're five and two so i shouldn't complain too much in spite of those penalties it's so winning games but you just wish those mental mistakes would get locked in they're just dialed in when they're out there but penalties are gonna happen there's just no way around it guys you just hate to see the ones that, that you can't even believe just happened you're like how the hell did you do that why at this moment did you do that and it seems like we get a lot of those another decent game here for cj Mosley, 70 tackles good for number four in the nfl right now so he's having a pretty decent season mosley um guys so Brees hall went down as we know we brought in another running back this week our boy jd not being complacent not sitting back and allowing the nfl to dictate to the jets how their season's gonna go because of an injury jd said no i'm not playing around with this he calls some teams up Brought James Robinson into the fold, guys. Pretty good running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars, His rookie season was good for the sixth most yards per scrimmage in the NFL. Really, really good rookie season. Even his sophomore season, before he got hurt, if you look, he was playing pretty well also, guys. Um, I know Carlos Hyde, for some reason, even though he was averaging three yards a carry. That's why Urban Meyer doesn't have a job. When last year, James Robinson was averaging almost five yards a carry, he was running Carlos Hyde to the ground. <laughs> averaging three. It's why you got fired, pal, and you're a jabroni. Uh, I want to hear what you think, Wookiee, man. We haven't heard from you yet. James Robinson, you know him from a fantasy aspect. When you dig into the stats, he's actually pretty productive, kind of more of a bell cow running back. He's not going to be a Brees Hall, but somebody that's super durable and someone that you can give the ball to. You know you can give it to him 15 times a game, Wookiee, and he's going to be pretty productive.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the guy's already proven he can do it in the league. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, he didn't get those 1,000 yards uh just being some jabroni, obviously. <laughs> uh, and I think, as uh, to go back to what Sammy said before, it's going to take a little time for him to get integrated into it. But once that happens, you got the one two punch again. And of course, nobody's saying anybody's going to replace what Brees Hall brought to the table. But it's not like you've got two scrubs that are just running the ball for you guys the rest of the season. You got guys that can do it, yeah. that have done it so i think you guys would be fine
3: yeah it's not like we're forced to be like all right well, now we got to give ty johnson 10 carries a game I'm right. a Jet fan wants to see right now um you know i wanted to ask you sammy his rookie year one thing i like about robinson too and we got into it uh sammy the scheme they're running down there at jacksonville kind of the running plays they're going with and their offensive attack way more geared towards travis Etienne than it would be for a james uh, a robinson who's a guy who you give it to him 15 times and i'm gonna give you guys some stats in a minute the guys really super productive that's kind of what he needs though more of an old-fashioned running back but one thing i like sam you look back at the rookie year over a thousand yards rushing on 240 carries, had seven touchdowns also 50 catches 344 yards so i mean he's not Brees hall and no one really is not a lot of guys in the league right now look like they're as good as Brees hall but it does seem like he's probably more versatile than people realize and probably a really good fit for what we're doing here with lafleur and our offense in new york
2: yeah i couldn't agree more i think if like, people forget after that rookie season they were saying that this guy was going to be like top five fancy running back top five running back in the league and then he gets injured and it's sort of like we got into junior now we have a meyer and people just forgot that this dude was supposed to be elite at his position in the nfl so you get a guy who's 24 so he's not old he's got young fresh legs and you put him into that zone power blocking scheme that we've got where he can sort of be patient and then hit the hole and get downhill quick. Um, like you, like we kind of talked about, Brees Hall has that amazing jump cut ability, right? Which is really hard. to He stops and just is able to get yep. two or three yards laterally in either direction. And you won't see that with James Robinson, but you will see him lower his shoulder and plow into other human beings. That's what I want I to get to. Is, yeah, and I think that's more valuable when you have a guy like Carter who can do that but would prefer not to do that. So you wear teams down quite a bit and then that's why you win fourth quarters. So yeah. I think if anything, yeah, you don't get that explosive side you get with Brees, but I think with James Robinson, you get more of a physicality um, and a brutality with him.
3: I agree with that hundred percent. That's one thing I want to get to and what I want to ask Mike about, 764 yards after contact in 2020 for James Robinson. Mike, that's good for 11th in the NFL. And his second year, he was on the same exact pace. This guy, I know he's not Brees Hall, Mike, but when it's third and two, you can give this dude the ball and pretty much count on him as opposed to Carter, who we do like and who we all love, but he's 5'9", he's a buck 95. This dude's 5'9", more like 220, built like a tank. Different type of running back even than Brees Hall is, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, I think he's a really good replacement given what happened to Brees Hall. Um... I think that uh, he's going to fit well in the scheme and is exactly really what we need just based on what the plan LaFleur has set up for the offense. But to me, this move wasn't really about Brees replacing Brees Hall. To me, this is about Joe Douglas and about Joe Douglas's belief in this team and his belief in this quarterback because normally and I think you guys would agree, if we were to lose a superstar or one of our best players, JD would kind of just sit there and let it be what it is and manage around it. But this time we lost the main cog and he went out and immediately got a replacement, immediately invested draft capital to get a replacement weapon. And that tells me that he's trying to make sure that his young quarterback and his team has everything they need to succeed. So his, I think that the the general manager is really bought in on what's going on. That's what this move told me. And it also tells me that they believe in Zach Wilson. And let me just point something out also to all of our jet fans out there that are doubting Zach Wilson. And again, he hasn't been tearing it up, but his QBR right now is a 48.6. Now, I think, based on what I've seen from the Jets, they are not asking him to do a whole lot passing the ball. You could just see on his attempts. They're just not, it's not, we could say, oh, he's not throwing touchdowns. Well, they've just been running it and it's working and there's no reason to push it around now. But look at his QBR, which is his total uh, score with everything, it's a 48.6. That's 20th in the league, people. That's where he's right under Kyler Murray. He's got a better QBR than Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. He's doing better than all of them. Now you can look at his his touchdowns being one and all that, but we're winning and he's playing better because last year he had the worst QBR in the league. Okay. so. I think that's what to me this move was w- said when getting uh, Taylor. I think he's a great running back. I think he's a downhill running back. I think that he has power and uh, ability to push like Sammy said. And he's a great compl- compliment like Brees Hall was to Elijah Moore. And uh, I still think we're gonna be effective. So that that's my feelings
3: on it. Guys, a little stat nugget for you here too on James Robinson. In the, this is courtesy of michael nania from jets at factor in the 18 games where he's got 15 plus carries in the game 1593 yards which is about 88 yards a game and about 4.8 yards a carry so i mean that that's a guy that when he's been getting the volume as the game goes on is just crushing people and gets gets much better he has a 48 yard run under his belt 52 yard run under his belt maybe he's not as fast as some people think But, I mean, the stats are there when you take a look how productive he's been and then you add the context in of the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars were the worst team on the planet two years ago. In 2020, their offensive line was as bad as it gets. Okay, guys? And then you go to last year with Urban Meyer. It was a dumpster fire there as well. Didn't get too much better there. And he was running Carlos Hyde when this guy is obviously much better than him, much more talented. You would think there's a place for him there. Um, with ETN, but hey, it is what it is. If he wants out and he can come here and help us, which we only give up a sixth-round pick, becomes a fifth-round pick if he does get more than 600 yards, which obviously we're hoping happens, because he's already about 300 guys. So, I mean, that seems like something that's likely to happen. That's a good hole that got filled by Jody. I don't know if on the offensive line there's anyone out there that can help us. I know my people have talked about Jeremy Tunsell, a few Dillard. other players. Dillard, just came up that there's more there's like three or four guys that have been bandied about. Um, it's so it's different with offensive linemen. You don't see them traded a lot during the season and most teams don't have good spare offensive linemen or in week seven or eight, there's no offensive lineman that's in some contract battle, like, you know, or some tiff with the team, like as he happen with running backs and receivers and sometimes quarterbacks. Um, so we'll see what happens. I know the offensive line, they're going to run out there next week versus the Pats, Uh, We'll have AVT, Becton, and Font all on the IR. We thought they were all gonna be in the starting lineup for us this whole year. So we're we're in a spot, man. They're throwing Herbig out there, they're throwing Remmers out there, who's played and started two Pro Bowls. Remmers, been around 10 years, played three different positions for the Chiefs, guys. So it's not like he's a full scrub. They're throwing out a right tackle, he's still okay enough. Uh, And last week, I mean, they were able to get it done and move the ball a little bit there in the fourth quarter, get some field goal drives with that patchwork offensive line. One guy that might've helped us last week, though, would have been Elijah Moore, if we could have had him out there. Now, we did our show last week, Mike, and uh, we spoke about the fact that he was complaining and liked some tweets after the game, when he didn't have any targets, and he seemed upset about it. Now, the next day after we did our podcast is when he said he needed a personal day, he messaged me, oh, he's not at practice today. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. And then you hear later on the same day that he requested a trade which is just the most, for a variety of reasons, it's absolutely ludicrous. And I'm sure it's old news to a lot of Jet fans now, we haven't touched on it too much, kind of silly when you don't really have any leverage in your career yet, and you're a second round pick, you're not really in a spot where you can demand a trade. You look like an idiot when you do that. And you look like an idiot when you're liking tweets, when people are supporting you doing that. You just look stupid. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, there's there's no way around it. Um, You really got bad advice and you made yourself look selfish. Right? And then you didn't play this weekend. And the Jets still won the game. So, I mean, with all these guys out and the Jets being in a bad spot, they still won the game. And you didn't play. So, that's a tough spot to be in for Elijah Moore. And then we get to this week. It's more, it seems like more of the same. I know he's going to play this week versus the Pats. But I know he put out a message of Persecution. You know, he's put out a Bible verse, I think from the Corinthians, Mike, about what you should do in the face of persecution, which obviously, obviously that's happening to Elijah Moore right now. Elijah Moore and Kanye West are in that same boat right now, guys, where the demons are coming out of the shadows and persecuting, I for their own situations they created themselves, which is hard to wrap your mind around, but it's the world that we live in now. The, the tweets, this week's tweets, all the hullabaloo, everything going on with him, where do you stand right now today on Elijah and kind of what's your opinion on him? Has anything changed from last week to this week so far as your perception of him?
1: Um, well, before I comment on that, I'll just say that this situation, I think, actually spun very positively for the New York Jets and their growth as a franchise and how to, they deal with misfortune. I thought that Robert Sala and... Joe Douglas and the JET organization handled this with grace and with class. And it's unfortunate that a player would become as un- as selfish as Elijah was during this time when knowing how this franchise has really been tortured from losses and just terrible starts of the season and you're now in a really positive season and you would go ahead and do something like this now. Um, It looks really bad for Elijah. I think that he got a lot of bad advice, like you had said earlier. And uh, I think that now looking back at last year and some of the antics that he did that went unnoticed, um, there's a video of him throwing his helmet or, or getting angry and Elijah Barrett Tucker trying to kind of console him Um, And then finding out that he has burner accounts and he's talking trash about people who talk trash to him. You know, he's, I think Rex Ryan said it best. He's got to grow up. He has no leverage. Mm. He's not, he's going to have to go out and, and play himself into a contract. And I understand that he may be worried and focused on himself. And I don't think that it's wrong for anyone to be uh I don't want to say selfish, but looking to better yourself in any any uh, profession. But this isn't the way to do it. And I'm b- disappointed in him. But what I am going to say is Salah mentioned, it's on you. So if he goes out, shuts his mouth, gets his lunch pail and goes to work and does what he's got to do, I don't think Jet fans are really going to remember this as much it, it sucked it was pretty bad for one week where it was crazy we, yeah. we don't know what else he's going to do but if he stays quiet and just goes out there and does what he's got to do and the jets say, are still able to make the playoffs and do well you know i i think that um i think that the, we we can move on from this but it really just depends on him
3: yeah and i think a lot of people respect someone being a competitor which I think was Mike's, one of Mike's points last week, which it seemed like before all the trade requests and everything, we didn't know any of that last week when we recorded the show, Mike. But it seemed like if you took it from that angle, I was like, all right, maybe I can kind of understand why he's so fired up. He wants the ball, I get it. And then it kind of turned in a different direction, like Mike said. And if you're putting your own personal success ahead of the team, I mean, football is a different type of sport because you don't have the guaranteed contracts and these guys have these short windows to make money and if that's your motivation, I can't necessarily fault you because of the structure of the league to a degree. I mean, I kind of understand, but Mike, I looked, I dug a little deeper man here with some of the tweets that Sauce have been putting out. And I found a couple of things that I thought were pretty interesting. You know, we beat the Browns on September 18th this year. And it was a pretty miraculous comeback into the game, which you would think would spark a lot of tweets that would be positive. It was the game that Garrett Wilson had 14 targets in the game. Do you remember Mike 102 yards guys morally had five targets the next day his tweet were his tweet was turn negatives into positives. I'm not trying to look too much into things, but the day after a big win like that, how is that your tweet you're putting out? You're that's a, that's a, that's a negative to a positive maybe talking about his own performance, not getting the ball, whatever the case may be. You think everyone else in Jet Universe is happy and he's tweeting out, turn a negative into a positive the day after the biggest win we've had in forever, that come back at the end of the game. And you go through some of his tweets in the past and a lot of them are, seem like, this is one thing that's funny and I'm gonna throw this to the Wook man, cause he'll, have, he'll probably have a good answer for this Wookie, There's people that wanna go on social media Wook and tweet out words of wisdom, tweet out affirmations or thought that they think is deep. doesn't matter if you're 23 years old like he is or you're 53. You could send those things out and they can be hollow and you could be a moron. With Elijah Moore, he tweeted out things like control to controllables, negative to positives, tough times don't last, trust me. All these things like that, And then, does not get the ball one game? Asks for a trade and does a complete 180. So when people look back at everything you tweeted for the past year, you look like an idiot. Do you not look?
0: You absolutely look like a moron. (laughs) Then we find out about the burners. And and, I mean, and the persecution, if you're you're tweeting those things out and you're just talking about your own performance and you're trying to motivate yourself, that's one thing. I can see that. I don't see that as the case when you request a trade after all this comes out, like, you're no longer trying to motivate yourself you're putting that out into the ether like woe is me who who are you what have you done the team is winning right now yeah who's to say this next game you don't get 12 targets 97 yards and a touchdown like you gotta know what's going on. read the room dude like i mean come on
3: and i just I think it's interesting man i'm not one to get on a soapbox about religion or anyone that is religious or not religious but if you're going to present yourself one way on social media and then when and the situation comes up that actually does test your metal a little you freak out and you lose it and you want to get traded when you create a situation through your own selfishness and then perceive everyone criticizing you as persecuting you that's crazy you know, that's crazy. Talk to me, guys. I don't get that approach. We've seen a lot of people do that nowadays. Um, it, uh, but...
2: What's up? Yeah. it It's almost kind of like, you know, when you when you I, I coach kids, obviously. Right. So it's almost like when kids like throw a ter- temper tantrum because they want attention from you or like like that's what it kind of reminds me of. Um, you're tweeting out all these things like hey look at me it's like when people tweet like there's a tragedy and everybody's like thoughts and prayers and you're sort of like well that's not really helping anybody in this current moment is it you're just sort of like hey look at me i know stuff is going on but i also care about that stuff and with Eli yeah. Moore, it's sort of the same approach where it's like i know we're winning but like don't forget about me hi i'm here on the team and yeah. i really would like to play football and it's sort of like At some point, you're a professional now, so I get it. You're super passionate. You want to play. You love the sport. I love that about him, but there's also a fine line between loving the sport and being a child about kind of your usage during the game.
3: All right, guys, one last thing to get to, and then it's time for some Halloween trivia, which I know you guys are stoked about. Last week, Wookiee had one of the greatest Halloween trivia comebacks at the end of the game. Wookiee, you were just getting murdered for a while. And then you ran off four in a row and you got the bonus question, which is the weirdest the question in the I, world. I, I, Mike was I, like, I, I, is this I, guy kidding I, me right now? How does he, he, he know?
1: Mask. He got the mask exactly. being the, William Shatner. I couldn't God. even I believe it. I make that. it akin to
0: running away from um, Jason in any Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> it's like, you're full speed. Obviously, we all know it. If you've been alive long enough to have seen the series and cherish those type of movies, for as and, and find the little nuanced flaws in them, like we have, like there's no way I'm running full speed. This motherfucker is, oh, excuse my language, this mess. You know, he's just walking, breathing heavy, yeah. ah, and he's in the place where you're gonna be. That's that's some that's some otherworldly stuff. He's not yeah. a dude anymore at that point.
3: And i ever noticed, Wookie, that a large amount of these slasher killers, when they're revealed in the movies, look like the way that you look, Wookie. Hideous. Have you ever? Um, no, that's not. I'm not talking about Jason. I just mean they're big, scary looking dudes, Wookie. Not, 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 hideous.
0: In the movies, Wookie. yes. But if you, if, if, if you know, <laughs> Michael Myers is just a normal guy, he
3: looks normal. Right. He's just a big guy. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm no, saying. No, of that. course. And guys, let's talk about the patch real quick, and then we'll get to this Halloween trivia. Patriots coming in this weekend. Jets one and a half point underdogs, which I know had some Jet fans fired up, considering we're the home team. Fortunately, Sammy, you will not be able to ride this weekend for the Pats game. You got a wedding, which is all good. We'll make sure we represent, guys. Um, Pats Jets, pretty evenly matched, I think. Even though the Pats, I think the Pats are three and four right now, guys. We're five and two. Um, Pretty evenly matched when you look. The Pats defense here coming in ranked. 12th in the past 25th against the rush 15th overall Jets are sitting at right around 10th overall so defensively we're pretty well matched up Um, the offense of the Pats, dudes I mean the passing game has not done a lot. I think the best player on that offense this year and kind of their engine has been Stevenson Harris is still getting carries. I think he's still, and Mike would know, Mike has Stevenson in fantasy football, so he might know the game lines better than I do when it comes to Harris and Stevenson, but Stevenson's the guy now. You see him getting 15 carries a game, much bigger back, much better running back, and I think he's just as fast as Harris, even though he's bigger, which means, guess what? You're not going to play a lot Harris if Stevenson's going to play like this. He's kind of the guy they've been rolling with. Um, I think Jacoby Myers is definitely their best receiver. He's missed two games, still 355 yards for him, but they spread the ball out. When you look at what the Pats do. Whether there's Zappi's been in there. And man, I hope we go against him. Let's keep the string of these backup quarterbacks.
1: Is, is it Zappi? Are we playing against Zappi? No,
3: as of right now, Mike, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones is playing, okay?
2: But when they you look- today that he, we, he'll be the
3: starter. Yeah, that's what I saw today. So I think it's gonna be Mac Jones, Mike, which, you know, even though Mac Jones hasn't played great this year, he had a span when he wasn't playing well last year, then played the Jets, I think he threw for six touchdowns or something crazy. So um, I'm not gonna count Mac Jones out because I just am more worried about what has he done to the Jets? And we don't have a good history with this kid. One good game, one bad game last year. And guys, the target share I wanted to get to with the Pats because they're still pretty much, Sammy, they're still pretty much running this offense, the way Bill Belichick likes to run it, which is spread the ball out, whether it's Tom Brady, a quarterback, or whoever's there, Mac Jones or Zappi. Look at the target share here. Myers has 33, Stevenson 29. That's why That's why um, even in Fantasy Mike and in, in real world, Stevenson is such a difference maker because they throw the ball to him too. 27 targets for Parker, 23 for Henry, 20 for Aguilar, 16 for Johnny Smith. So they've been spreading the ball out, Sammy. Even though that offense is not dynamic and they got smashed last week, it's not like you just automatically assume they come into this jet game and stink, just considering the past history, right, Sammy?
2: Right, yeah, I mean, you know Belichick's gonna draw something up to try and confuse Zach, especially, he's probably watched the tape, he knows that Zach has is having trouble getting the ball out quick, so you know he's gonna dial up blitzes, put some pressure, especially with all that offensive line being so banged up, so you really, really hope that Robinson's acquisition was early enough That he's comfortable enough running most of those offensive plays because the only way to mitigate that blitz is to run the football well and effectively um so from a coaching perspective i think both teams we match up super well they have a ton of talent and they spread the ball but we also have a ton of talent defensively that matches up i think the tight ends are going to hurt us as they have all season so i'd like to see olbrick adjust a little bit to the middle of the field um but I, I think this game goes. I don't. I think that line's crazy. I don't know what these people are talking about. All right, but um, I like. I kind of like the direction. If you if you can get Zach moving, I think the Jets take this W. Yeah, Mike.
3: What do you see as our keys to victory here, man? I mean, this is not the same old Jets. It doesn't feel like, at least, Mike. It doesn't feel like to me, Mike. This is the same battle we're heading into with the pats where i walk in deflated even before the game starts regardless of who's that quarterback there seems like there's some holes so you can kind of run the ball on this team 136 yards a game they're giving up in the rushing attack mike so it could be something there for james robinson what do you think about this weekend mike how you think it's going to shake out
1: i find it interesting um the teams are actually very very similar points per game jets are averaging 22.7 and the patriots are averaging 22.1 Points allowed, Jets are allowing 19.6 and the Patriots are are allowing 20.9. Very, very similar. Total yards, 347.4 for the Jets and 353.6 for the Patriots. Passing yards, 230 to 231. Rushing yards, 117 to 122. Very, very similar. Defensively, same thing. 362 yards uh, allowed by the Patriot defense. 329 allowed by the jets. They're a little bit better uh, on defense. So when you look at the teams, it's funny because the jets are actually very similar to the Patriots in that they have a good defense. They run the ball, control the clock. They don't have a big arm quarterback or at least haven't yet. And and they're smart with playing football. So it's going to be very similar. Now, with all that being said, The Jets win this and they win it convincingly and they're going to win it because Zach Wilson is going to show what the hell the deal is, okay? Because Zach Wilson is better than McCorkle. Zach Wilson (laughs) is better than Billy Zappi. I believe in this kid and I think he's going to be the difference maker in this game today on Sunday and we're going to show the Patriots that this isn't their division anymore and their dominance as a franchise in this division is over with. And, um, and we're going to win. I, I feel guess, that way. And that's just how, that's
3: how I feel. That's music to Jet fans ears when you say that, okay? The old saying, Mike, your mouth to God's ears. Hopefully that is how it shakes out this weekend. Wookie, Pats, Jets, kind of a new vibe this season to the Jets. Kind of a different vibe to the Pats too. A little quarterback controversy going on. which you got to love that? Gotta love a little bit of a controversy, at quarterback. Wook. what do you think about this weekend, Jets-Pats? How you think it's going to work out? Wook?
0: I got the Jets going. Uh, what we? Uh, a six and two, and I have them winning twenty to thirteen. Defense turns it up. The defense is legit. Um, I think as long as you guys don't make mistakes offensively and, and butt yourself and you know kick yourself in the ass, I think the defense uh, plays well enough to keep you guys in this and it's 2013 Jets.
3: I like it. I like it, Wookie. I think the way the Patriots play is they just don't make a lot of mistakes, right? They kind of try to wait you out even when they have the team like they have now. I think that's one of the reasons maybe Mac Jones didn't play that long last game, got yanked real quick. You look at what they have on defense, man, Judon already has eight sacks right up there on the top of the NFL. Um, and the secondary, Duggar and Jones are really good. They still got Devin McCourty. So I think this defense, and, and Mike told you guys all this last week, which I hadn't thought too much about, but he said, don't really look for Zach to necessarily light it up the next three games. And Mike was talking about last game, this week, and the Bills game, because those are tough games right there. I mean, the Bills, regardless of his position they're in, and I know they got whooped by the, the Bears last week in the rain there that was a strange game they ran the ball 45 times um, that's it's still the Pats so it's gonna be a tough game for Zach I think but I think it's gonna be a close one I think we're gonna win I don't know if they're gonna run away with it like Mike said but I think we've said a bunch of times this year there's the, the Jets continue as this year goes on when they keep winning games and people keep trying to make excuses Oh, back a quarterback this and that They keep winning. They keep changing the narrative over and over. These games, like last week was a trap game. We normally feel like we might lose. We won the game. This is another chance for them to do that. Another chance for the Jets to take a step forward as a franchise here. And it might sound like hyperbole, but I mean, the way the Patriots have treated us and beaten us over the past few decades, I'd love to go out and just stomp the Patriots. I cannot remember the last time we just beat them down. That would be tremendous, but I'll just take a win any way, shape, or form. We can get it, and I do think we're going to walk out of there with the W this weekend. NB six and two, heading into the game versus the Buffalo Bills, guys. If you can believe that after eight games, six and two. I know, Mike. We don't have. We're not going to put the video up. We're not going to waste too much time on Brady Quinn. We already made a hit single off his back, off his stupidity, Mike. We already put him on blast to the masses musically. But again, again, this week. Jet fans, go out and Google it. It's it's pathetic. Mikey, the guy put him on blast. He's like, whoa, hold on. I just said they wouldn't be favored eight or nine games. And Mike, the, what bothers me is these people don't check them. They you know what he actually said. And he's squirming in his seat. The Jets are going to be 6-2 and two after this week. And he's going to have nothing to say. He's digging for excuses, Mike, and I love it. But you guys know what it's time for now, right? You know what it's time for, boys?
2: Pretty Crivia. <laughs> oh. <Privia. laughs> Halloween
3: trivia. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Halloween trivia 2022. Keith's gone. Keith got slashed up. This history, baby, just like Kanye West billions slashed up out the windows. I'm here to take over and handle Halloween Trivia 2022. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Keep Anyway, you don't need him around. You don't need him around. Hopefully, worlds, you can all hear me. You know what? Just jet hat sit up. I don't know if you guys know, Ghostface is a huge Jet fan. Huge Jet fan, guys. I'm in between slashing up teenagers. Always <laughs> tuning into AEBG at all times, guys. The number one show in the business. If you got a problem with that? Brady Quinn or anyone else, come see your boy. That's all well, I gotta say to you. All right, guys, time for Halloween Trivia 2022. The reigning champion is the Big Wolf, Nick Crump.
2: So last on, year, I don't know, made one of the greatest it.
3: comebacks of all time. One of the greatest comebacks of all time, ever seen in the history, in the annals of Halloween Trivia. Mike did a tremendous job. Wookie came on strong at the end. We have a new competitor this year. We have a new competitor. We have three dudes with graduate degrees here about to battle it out at Halloween Trivia. And it's led by a dumb shit like me, so I'm ready to roll. You know what? You know what? I can't. It's me, guys. It's me. It's actually me under here, dudes. I know you guys. I know you guys were scared. It's me. Aloha. a hot. Got a hot, let me put my wig back on. All right, guys. Halloween trivia, 2022. Here we go. First question. We're gonna have 10 questions like normal. Bonus question at the end if needed. Here we go. Number one. And we're going I'm gonna ask you all at the same time, and you'll answer. I'll give you the answer afterwards. Halloween Trivia movie edition, boys. And here we go. How many people associated with the movie The Exorcist died? We're talking about around the time the movie was made, guys. I'm gonna give you a couple multiple choices. Is it A, three people died while the movie was being made? Is it B five people? C, seven people, or D, nine people? Nine. Let's go to Sammy first. What do you think, Sammy? Uh,
2: I'm gonna go with A.
3: You're gonna go with A. Three people. Wookie, what do you think?
0: Um
3: what was B again? B was five people. And C died was what? During the exodus, and C was seven. Shit.
0: Stabbing in the dark. I'm gonna go C seven.
3: Alright, Wookiee. What do you think, Michael? Nine. The correct answer, Michael Garris, is nine! nine! With the I, one nothing lead, guys, it's coming up. I, Mike I heard, always starts off strong. I heard, strong heard
1: about that because that was the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I found out that they, I, thought it, I, thought was, I thought it was more than that. But I knew it was a high number because when I heard, I was like, how many people died? In mean, oh,
2: oh, fact, oh, the priest oh, oh. in the original Exorcist movie was my high school teacher.
0: What? I stood, I stood at the top uh, of the steps of uh, the, the staircase scene by um, Georgetown.
3: It was nuts. Another small, little known fact, Michael Lagares' mother-in-law had an exorcist performed on her. We learned on a a previous episode of the show that his wife offered to the world. I'm not putting anything on blast. She put it on blast for the universe, just so you guys know. Two main actors killed in the movie died before the movie's release. Reagan McNeil's home burned down, the main character during the movie, guys. A whole bunch of other people killed the night watchman, a camera guy. That movie and that whole situation was cursed, okay? As we know now, guys. And if you don't believe in spirits or anything like that, man, go find out about that true story. I'm sure Mike knows about it. It was based on a true story about a little boy that thinks scary. So question number two, Michael Garris is the one-nothing lead. Which horror movie has the highest budget to box office ratio? So it was made for X amount, but it made X amount, guys, okay? The original Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is Wookiee typing some shit in his phone? Is that what he's up to? Guys, are, no, we are we catching them? Are we catching them right think, now? I'm,
0: I'm trying just, to I'm think totally about the box office. <laughs>
3: so yeah, the the, the highest box uh, budget to box office ratio, guys. So it made the most money per the amount it was made. So A, original Friday the 13th. B, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. C, the Blair Witch Project. Or D, the ring. I love Wookiee Ponders deep on these. I love this.
0: I'll go, I'll go Blair Witch. I'm not sure. I, I, I'll go Blair Witch.
3: What do you think, Sammy? i'm going blair witch on this one too what about you mike
1: i i also know blair witch because they didn't make a lot it didn't
3: cost a lot at all to me <laughs> that's that's so your I, final answer for all three of you is the blair witch yeah all right you're all correct i just wanted to phrase like that because that's what steve harvey does to everyone on family few guys i learned that from him he does number one all time Made for $60,000, guys, and it made $248 million.
1: They didn't cost nothing. They just ran around with a... us. You know, anybody got in any creepy woods by their houses? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't go near a, a tree after that movie was done, man. Are you kidding me? They no, you it
0: know, me know, up for two cause... days if they could walk in the same direction for a full day and get back to the same tree. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah look, well, okay, we I won't know. tell anyone about our experience going to No,
2: sea, no please, yeah. yeah. No going this, I know there's some wow. creepy, creepy places by beautiful, amazing Crystal Lake Studios. So oh, absolutely. Let's get a camera, baby.
3: <laughs> there's a reason it's called Crystal Lake Studios, guys. And it's not just the number one budget to box office horror movie, it's the number one budget to box office movie ever made oh, wow, in the wow. history of cinema, guys. So <laughs> a nugget for you. you'll probably, you'll never forget that for the rest of your life. So two to one to one right now, guys. Guys, what state did Nightmare on Elm Street take place? No one usually knows this answer. It's a tough one, guys. Is it California, Illinois, Nebraska, or Ohio? What do you think, Mike? Illinois. Okay, good guess. What do you think, Wookie? Illinois. What do you think, Sammy?
2: My boy is going to hate me for this, but I think it's Ohio.
3: Oh, that is a good call, Sammy. It actually is Ohio. The fictional town of Springwood, Ohio is where 1428 Elm Street is located. So right now we're looking at two to two to one. Wookie doesn't mind though, because guess what? is known for the big comebacks, guys. Just keep track of your score too, because you know my ass will lose track. I talk so much. I have no idea how to do math once I start running my mouth. Guys, question number four. Two to two to one as of, as of right now. How many movies did Alfred Hitchcock correct? And there's gonna be no multiple choice. I'm gonna let you all guess an answer closest answer will get the win on this one only one person will get a w for this question guys let's go with you first sammy what's your guess
2: 55.
3: okay tremendous guess what do you think mike
1: 22.
3: what do you think look i'll go 41. all good guesses sammy it was actually 53.
2: no so you're gonna where- get this
3: one right uh, Alfred Hitchcock directed the second most movies in the history of cinema of any director, including The Psycho, The Burbs, North by Northwest, Vertigo, all those.
2: Movies. And he's had like a bunch of shorts and shit. Yeah. I do was a ton.
3: And I'm, I'm, uh, I love, this is why we do this on the show. Mike humors me because he knows I love Halloween. I love horror movies. The movie Vertigo, if you guys have never seen it, not a lot of old movies are good. That's a great one with Jimmy Stewart. Go check that out. About a guy who's scared of heights. I know what that feels like. Guys, question number five. Sammy, you get that one right. You're up three to two to one now. We're about halfway through. According to legend, Candyman will appear if you look in the mirror and say his name how many times? This is gonna be another one, guys. where well, you guess the number. Closest one's gonna get it right. Let's go with the Wookie first. Three. Three, okay. What do you think, Mike? Uh five. What do you think, Sammy?
2: Uh two.
3: Guys. Michael hit it on the head. It's exactly five. Good job, Michael Harris. Coming in strong right now, Mike. Yeah. Candyman, five times. You guys never saw that movie, another dope one. You guys should go check out Candyman. The remake, not so much. The original OG one, with that dude with that crazy ass voice. You guys know who I'm talking about. That actor, I never, I never so knew who he was, but he's always good. And he's always scary. And he has the greatest Oh, he's the greatest. Oh, he's tremendous, guys. Three to three to one. Question six here. I like this one. In the movie Carrie, the title character famously unleashes hell on her classmates at the prom and destroys everyone. Guys, what's the color of Carrie's prom dress? This will be multiple choice. Don't worry. A, black. B, red. C, yellow. Or D, peach. What do you think, Mike? It's very iconic, guys. It's the most iconic dress in the history of movies of all time. That's why this one's thrown on there. If you think hard enough, you probably know it.
1: What do you think? I would probably have to go with red. Okay. What do you think, Wook? I'm going to go yellow.
3: Okay. What do you think, Sammy? Peach. The correct answer is Peach and probably the most famous prom dress in movie history, completely covered in blood, guys. Um, one of the most iconic images in horror history. Good job by Sammy there. Is the score now four to three to one? Sammy's, Sammy's moving ahead. Four questions left, guys. In the movie saw, how many people wake up locked and chained up in the locked room beginning of the movie this will just be a uh, 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 one where you guys guess the amount so what do you think Sammy how many people wake up at the beginning of the movie together locked in the room
2: locked up though right yeah two okay what do you think Mike whoa hold on locked or chained up it's the same
3: w- there's the, 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 no semantics here it's the same thing don't worry uh, I, I would and You would say-, say you can say repeat answers you guys can share an answer I would- I would say there was, um,
1: if I remember, it was like around seven or eight. Eight. Hey, what do you think, Wook?
0: I'm going to go three, but it's only because I can't remember if the fucking
3: lunatic was also chained to something. That's all
1: I'm (laughs) saying, Wook!
3: That's a good call. It actually was two. Sammy hits the answer on the head again. Right, listen,
2: I watched that movie with my dad. <coughs> when he gets, uh, sorry, spoiler guys, when he gets up at the end, I remember being like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen.
3: Yep, yeah, tremendous. That's a great movie, guys. Five to three to one. We have three questions left. You can still win it, Mike. You can still come back here. You need to nail this one, though. What fictional town, hold on a second. Hold on a second, hold on a second, guys. Where's my mascot. What fictional town did the movie Scream take place? And I will give you multiple choice, fellas. Is it Sunnydale, Haddonfield, Gainesville, or Woodsboro? If you need the answers, uh, need those again, just let me know.
2: Can you repeat the answers, please?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Is it Sunnydale, Woodsboro, Haddonfield, or Gainesville? Search your mind, boys. The movie came out in 1996. Sammy, you are little as hell in 1996.
2: I know, but I've seen, you know me, I love Halloween, man. i watch all these movies forever. So what do you think, Sammy? Good answer, one of those four. A, Sunnydale, B, Woodsboro, C, Haddonfield, or D, Gainesville. Where's my boy Ghostface from? I feel like, I feel like I wanna say Sunny, Brooke or whatever. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I think it's Sunnydale. Wookie?
0: Fuck it, Woodsboro. Wookie nailed the question! Nailed it with the quickness. Good job, I had no
3: big, big time answer. That you was a regional dark right there. That last question's worth six points. He you now passes both of you. I'm just kidding. I'm not, not making it my ass. And he was like, what? That's bullshit. <laughs> the you gave him all the easy ones. This is rigged, <laughs> this is rigged. Um, all right, tremendous job there. I think now it's five to three to two. Let's go with the two last questions, see how you guys do. Mike, you can still nail these both. Sammy gets them both wrong, and it's all tied up. It's all tied up, baby. Guys, Randy's lists of rules for surviving horror movies in the movie screen. These final three questions are screen questions, guys. We already had one of them. Randy's list of rules for surviving horror movies what is the number one rule and i have multiple choice for you don't worry is it a don't do drugs is it b don't have sex is it c don't say i'll be right back or is it d don't go outside alone jamie kennedy's very famous scene in the movie mike what do you think
1: don't be right back don't say <laughs> be right
3: back. okay what do you think look I'll go with
0: uh, what with Mike said. Uh, don't say I'll be right back.
2: Okay, what do you think, Sammy? Yeah, for sure. Or like, I think he also says like, don't investigate that shit. Like don't even, <laughs> don't, don't say that. Well, I think
3: this is the first question of this whole run or maybe there's one other one that someone didn't get right because you guys have been killing it. It's actually don't have sex is rule number one. Really? Now guys, he listed about five or six rules. There's no way to know which is number one. Um, that was a tough one there. But you guys have been nailing every other question. Let's hit the final two questions just for fun. See how you guys do. See if Sammy can break the all tie the all-time record, which was six correct questions last year by the Wookiee and Mike who tied. Guys, who directed the movie scream? And you're gonna get four or four options here. Is it George Romero, John Carpenter, Rob Zombie, or Wes Craven? John Carpenter's A, George Romero's B, Rob Zombie C, Wes Craven is D. What do you guys think? What do you think, Sammy? Let's go with you first. Since you're in the lead here. Let's put some pressure on everyone.
2: West Rob Craven. Zombie. All
3: right. What do you think, West Mike? Wes Craven. Oh, you said Wes Craven? George Romero. Okay. Wes Craven. <laughs> Good job. Wookie and Sammy both nail it at the end, and Wookie's body language couldn't have shown more enthusiasm when he nailed it, guys. The, the joy that was pumping through his heart when he got that last question correct. I, you can't match that, and that's why we do these things, that's why we do these
0: things. I'm just stabbing Yeah, no, I appreciate right you,
3: got, you both, you got that correct. Wookie, you ended up with three, I think you got three or four correct. Sammy with six, you are the champion right now. You have a few minutes left here. I'm gonna give you guys the bonus question anyway. If you don't know West Craven guys, you know we did Nightmare on Elm Street. The Hills Have Eyes, which, which was the first place we saw the hill people before they spread to Buffalo. Uh, the Last House on the Left. Plenty of great movies. Bill Fans. Bonus question. Let's try this because this is a fun <laughs> one, guys. And then we'll get out of here and we'll call it a night. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. Um, Jason Voorhees has 12 different movies over the course of the Friday the 13th series, guys. How many people has he murdered? We need a body count. Oh, my. Jesus. Damn. I know.
2: I know. It's all movies. It's all movies. I'll try. Eighty. 80. Uh, what do you think, Sammy? It's gotta be over. It's gotta be
3: over.
2: Eighty. I, I gotta go like ten eighty. Uh, I'm going. I'm gonna go like a hundred thirty. <laughs> it's twelve. Okay, what do you think?
0: that's 12 movies that's a lot of time uh, all right see. so we're doing 12 movies do i think he killed 10 people per movie or more
2: right
0: i have to say yes to that uh, i don't know uh one
3: 164 Fuck that it. is a tremendous guess by the wook as my internet's chunking out and it looks like i'm freezing up slightly guys 157 wookie jesus yeah Well, oh, great job by you great job by you Wookie. and we're That's about to run out of here. time guys so i guess we have for you this week sammy you are the halloween trivia champion of this year so now you all have a halloween trivia title under your belt at this moment just so you know all right so next year is going to be even more tremendous next week to Pat. hopefully we get this w i want to thank everybody for joining us mike if anyone does want to get at us and support us in any way shape or form how could they do that
1: on Facebook, we're at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. Instagram at Jet.AEBG.
3: You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. On behalf of the big wookie, Nicholas Cronk. On behalf of the number one high school coach of the nation, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. You have a great Halloween, everybody. Let's go, Jets. Talk to you next week.